Welcome to Kids Considered, where two pediatricians discuss children's health topics of interest to parents in a podcast with new subjects considered every episode. I'm Dr. Lena Vanderlist. And I'm Dr. Dean Blumberg. And we're both pediatricians at UC Davis Children's Hospital in Sacramento, California. Let's hear about this episode's topic. Hi, my name is Ray and I have two young children. The one-year-old is still in a rear-facing car seat and the five-year-old is wanting to be in a booster seat. I'm really confused on all these guidelines. They seem to change constantly. Can you explain to me if it's safe to turn my one-year-old around and if my five-year-old weighs enough to be in a booster seat? Thank you so much. Oh, man, what a good question. Uh Super common car seat questions. It can be so confusing. It is confusing, and I sort of have a confession. A confession? You've piqued my curiosity, for sure. (laughs) Even as a pediatrician, car seats are sort of the one thing that sort of freaks me out. Really? Car seats not like vomit or pus or rashes or anything? (laughs) No, because, you know, I don't have any kids yet, and I feel like it's one of those things that unless you've lugged that giant thing around and you've, like, strapped it in a million times, you just, it's confusing. Yeah, that's for sure. Sure, because many of the car seats are very confusing to use. And install. And new parents are constantly asking car seat questions. So mm-hmm. last week I was working in the newborn nursery and three different new parents asked me three separate really good questions about car seats. Mm-hmm. So they said, what seat in the back is safest for the car seat? How do I actually make sure I installed it correctly? Are those little mirrors for the rear facing car seat safe? Yeah, I'm not even familiar with those mirrors at all. (laughs) Right. So all really good questions and all questions I had to promptly go look up to ensure I was giving them accurate information. So I thought car seats is a really great topic to reveal. Yep. Let's talk about car seats and car safety. And I want to preface this by saying that all car seats are a little different. So this is one owner manual that you just don't want to throw away because every car seat manufacturer has different height and weight limits, which are important to know when you buy your seat. Mm-hmm. So let's start at the very beginning before the baby's even born. Parents are getting prepared, and so they're looking for what car seat to put on their registry, for example, and what should they look for? The biggest thing is don't be fooled by thinking that the more a car seat costs, the better it is. That's usually not the case. The best car seat is one that properly fits your child and fits in your specific car. So the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, a lot of people call it NHTSA. NHTSA. (laughs) (laughs) Brace yourself. Uh No pun intended with that one. But NHTSA, we'll talk about a lot this podcast. Um, They have a nice car seat finder on their website. So this allows you to enter your child's height, weight, and age, and then they give you a list of appropriate car seats. And they review each car seat on four by four different criteria. And they come up with a composite score, you know, the number like four out of five stars or something. And how easy are the instructions to follow? How easy is it to install in the vehicle? The clarity of the labeling on the seat and how easy it is to secure the child in the seat. Right. So all important factors, but it's just one tool that might help you. And it's important to remember that these star ratings are reflective only on ease of use and not safety of the seat itself. Mm-hmm. We recommend against using secondhand car seats unless you definitely know the history. So if you say you used it on your first child that was a couple years old, um, 
that's because we want to make sure that they've never been in an accident before, Mm -hmm. which we'll talk about, Mm -hmm. that there's no missing parts, that you still have the owner's manual. Some of these seeds can also have recalls, and they actually expire, which a lot of parents don't know. So usually the expiration is listed on the seat, and if it's not listed, then it's six years from when you purchased the seat. Mm -hmm. So all those things can compromise the effectiveness of the seat. Exactly. Yeah. So another thing you might want to consider is how long you plan on using the car seat because there are rear-facing only car seats and then convertible seats that transition from rear to front-facing and some that even transition to a booster seat. And so these have a higher height and weight limit so your child can use it for as long as possible. Right. I mean, for me, it seems like the longer the better, right? But there are definitely upsides and downsides to each seat that we can talk about later. Mm -hmm. So let's start by talking about the basics. Mm -hmm. The American Academy of Pediatrics recommends that all babies first ride home from the hospital is in a rear-facing car seat, Mm -hmm. and they continue to ride rear-facing for as long as possible Mm -hmm. until they hit their height or weight maximum on their specific car seat. Luckily, now it's usually well past the child's second birthday. So this sort of gets into what our caller, Ray, was asking is her kid is one mm-hmm. and in a rear facing. And we really recommend keeping kids in there until two or after their second birthday, if right. possible. So let's spend a little bit of time talking about why your pediatrician is pushing rear facing car seats for so long these days. So where did this recommendation come from? The rear-facing recommendation comes from crash testing and what we know about the anatomy of young kids. Mm-hmm. So infants and toddlers have you know, real big heads compared to their body. It's easy to see that. And the vertebrae or the bones that protect their spine are more prominent and the ligaments which connect those bones um, are looser. Mm -hmm. So all of these differences increase the risk that a child can have a spine injury in a car accident. Which could be really severe. Exactly. We really worry about that. Right. So should a car accident occur, rear-facing seats protect your child's back and spread out the impact of the force. Mm -hmm. This reduces the risk of neck and spine injuries. Okay. And we know that kids in other countries routinely ride rear-facing until four years or older, Mm -hmm. and they have really exceedingly low spinal cord injuries. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of extrapolating that to our recommendations. So we know that using an appropriately sized and correctly installed car safety seat or booster seat lowers the risk of death or serious injury by more than 70%. And booster seats reduce the risk of non-fatal injury among kids aged 4 to 8 by 45%. So this is really why understanding the rules about car seats as they apply to your kid is so important. And one thing that's really concerning is that Studies looking at this have shown that 75% of car seats are not installed correctly. Wow. Right? Wow. It's a huge number. That's we incredible. can do so much better than that. Mm-hmm. So let's get into the specific types of car seat and things parents might need to know about installation. Okay, so the rear-facing only car seats are typically designed for newborns to infants up to 35 pounds. They're smaller, they have carrying handles, and have a base that stays in the car and that the seat clicks into. So this allows for easier transport of the seat itself, and you can purchase separate bases for each car in the family. So if you have two cars, you know, for the parents, maybe another one for the grandparents. All right, that's nice. Yeah, and then you just, like, carry the kid to each car. The base is already there. You don't have to reinstall it every time. And many models can also fit into an accompanying stroller. Right. So 
that's super ideal in those sleep-deprived parents that maybe <laughs> the, like I was apparently, one of those kids that just falls asleep in the car every time. Uh-huh. And you don't want to like unclip the kid and wake them up. You can just like grab the car seat and clip it into the stroller. So that's ideal. Mm-hmm. But it's important to remember that these are only to be used when rear-facing. So once your child is approaching 35 pounds or 32 inches usually, you have to look for a convertible or forward-facing option. Mm -hmm. It's really important to take the height into account, um, which is something that I am always learning about car seats, because your kid is more likely to actually hit the height maximum before their... Before the weight. Before the weight maximum. Exactly. Okay, so convertible seats can be converted from rear-facing to forward-facing once your child reaches the height or weight maximum for riding rear-facing. They do not have a handle or a base to clip into, as the entire car seat needs to be reinstalled each time it's taken out. So ideally, it's designed to stay in the car. These utilize a five-point harness for restraining the child. There are also three-in-one seats, which... I'm guessing you can probably guess what that is. Goes from rear to forward to booster. And they're similar to the convertible seats with regards to ease of transport and installation. Mm -hmm. So earlier you mentioned that many people install their seats incorrectly, 75%. And why is this? It's not super straightforward to install these. Um, And usually there are two different methods that are typically used to anchor a car seat into the car. And you will need to kind of cross-refer with your car manual, with your car seat manufacturing manual. And so that's what can be tricky. Okay, so this really does get complicated. So one method of installing is to use your car's latch connectors, L-A-T-C-H. This stands for Lower Anchors and Tethers for Children. These were routinely included in car design starting in 2003, and these are the things that are located in the back seats where the seat cushion meets the back, usually in the left and right seating positions. In the majority of cases, the rear middle seat will not have lower anchors, but you can refer to your um, car manual for that. So all U.S. cars should have this latch system later on, and Mm -hmm. most of them at least if they were made in the United States, will have a latch limit of 65 pounds. So this is the combined weight of the seat plus the child. So let's say if a seat weighs as many as you, 25 pounds, the weight limit for the child while using the system would be 40 pounds. All newer car seats will have the maximum weight of the child allowed while using the latch system on them. Mm-hmm. Um, but once they reach that limit, then you're going to transition from the latch system to the seatbelt system. Okay, so the seatbelt system is equally effective, and it's a, a safe option. And so once your child reaches the weight maximum for the latch system, if your car does not have a latch, or if you want to use the middle back seat, you can install all the car seats using the vehicle's seat belt. And so this is through the designated pathways provided on the car seat. Most seat belts should have the option of locking in place. And if not, like if you have a car... Uh, from before 1996, you may have to get a locking clip to to make sure it gets so in So really, right. my father-in-law would be the only person I know, because he just keeps buying the 95 Toyota Camry over and over <laughs> and over. Well, I guess he really likes that, huh? <laughs> oh, man. Uh-huh. So once a seat is installed, there should not be much wiggle room. So, you know, you're grabbing the seat on either side and you're trying to wiggle it. Mm-hmm. If the car seat moves more than one inch side to side or front to back, it's not tight enough. 
Okay, so you also want to make sure that your rear-facing car seat is at the correct angle to prevent the infant's head from flopping forward. So most car seats have a level angle adjuster that allows you to ensure that your safety seat is at the correct angle. Right. It kind of looks like, you know, if you're doing construction, like a little level where the, uh-huh. the dot moves. It's got a, like a bubble thing. A bubble. Uh-huh. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so once you change to a forward-facing car seat, you readjust the angle to be more upright and you may be using the seatbelt or lower anchors at this point. Mm-hmm. And in the forward-facing car seats, um, NHTSA recommends also using something called a tether, which I think this is kind of something that gets missed a lot. Mm-hmm. So you want to be using a tether. You can consult your car's owner manual as to where your tether anchors are located. Usually they're behind sort of like the back seat of the car or in that floor cargo area of the back. Mm-hmm. And by using the tether, it reduces the amount of acceleration and deceleration of the seat if there was a crash. So it's really important for safety. Right. And all car seats are tested using this tether, right? Right. So we know that is part of the safety profile. Right. So the car seat is now installed properly. And after all that, I'm kind of a little tired after doing all that work. (laughs) But now we also need to talk about clipping the child in. Right. So most rear and forward facing seats will utilize this five point harness. The harness should lie flat against the body. It should cross over the shoulders and hips and be snug up against both of those parts. The front clip should be aligned with your child's armpits. And you'll know it's tight enough if you can't pinch any of the strap between your pointer and thumb over the child's shoulders. So you're kind of trying to to pinch up at the top and you shouldn't get any slack. You also want to make sure you don't have any excess padding behind or on your child, um, like a bulky winter coat or a blanket, because this can interfere with the fit of the harness. So once the straps are positioned snugly, then blankets or coats can be placed on top of the harness if it's needed. So now that we have a sense of what kind of seats are out there and how to install them safely, let's go through car safety seats of different age groups and some of the common questions that parents might ask along the way. So like we already mentioned, rear-facing car seats should be used for as long as possible, at least until two years of age or until your child reaches the height weight maximum for your car seat. So a lot of parents are concerned about this because they said, my kid, my two-year-old is so scrunched up in the seat, right? Like their mm-hmm. little feet are hitting the the back seat of the car and mm-hmm. they look like they're scrunched and uncomfortable. This is okay. Kids are so good at, at getting comfortable in different weird positions. Uh-huh. And we know that it's safer. So we know that foot and leg injuries occur way more commonly when facing forward. And so really this should be pushed through. Your kid will be fine. Mm-hmm. A little scrunched. What about um, parents who have concerns about not being able to see their child? What about the rear-facing car seat mirrors? Are they okay? These are so common, but unfortunately, we recommend against using them. It's important for parents to remember that none of these were were safety tested with the car seats, right? The mirrors, so, right. The mirrors mm-hmm. were not. And they're projectiles. So if you think mm. about getting in a car accident, that could easily come off and hit the kid, mm. kind of like going against what we were hoping mm-hmm. the seat would do, which is prevent injury. In addition, they also cause distraction while driving. So, I mean, it's hard not to look back at your adorable <laughs> newborn when you're driving, and uh-huh. then that also defeats the purpose of being safer. Mm-hmm. We like to think that you're going to be able to hear something if something is wrong. And if you're that mm-hmm. concerned, you should pull over the car and, and you know, 
really have a good look. Have a good look. Mm -hmm. So um, really in the end, we recommend against using those rear-facing mirrors. Okay, so when your toddler hits the height or weight maximum for a car seat, then you're going to switch to a forward-facing car seat. And usually kids will be in a forward-facing car seat from four to seven years. And again, as long as possible until they hit the height and weight restrictions, which is usually around 65 pounds. From forward-facing, they'll transition to a booster seat. At this point, you're no longer using the five-point harness. Instead, you're using your car's lap and shoulder seatbelt. They're typically not secured to the vehicle, although some do have those anchors at the base. And you should use a booster seat for your child until the vehicle seatbelt fits properly. Usually until that's about about 4, 9, like 8 to 12 years of age. But um, really the most important thing is a proper proper fit of the seatbelt. So once your child has reached the height requirement and the seatbelt fits properly across the chest and the hips without a booster seat, then they should still be in the back seat until 13 years of age, at which point then they can move up front. Um, but remember, the back seat is always the safest. I totally remember counting down the days until I could sit in the front seat of my parents' car, being like, oh my gosh, like that was like the, the, my gift of my birthday that year. Right. You know, kids are always like fighting about like who gets to sit in front. But I think it's funny because now I sometimes feel that it's more fun to sit in the back. It's like relaxing. It's like you're in an Uber or something. Yeah, exactly. You're being driven around like it's more luxurious. Well, I'm (laughs) the younger sibling. My brother is four years older than me. So just by like default, I was always in the back. And I still am. Like if I'm home, we're both home for the holidays, I just like walk to the back seat (laughs) because it's just so ingrained in me. Mm -hmm. So now that we've spent some time discussing the transition between each type of car seat and booster and then sitting in front, I think we should mention that hearing all of this on a podcast, so talking about the latch system and the Mm -hmm. seatbelts and the tethers, is totally different than like being there and looking at the seat and your car and being like, oh my goodness, how am I going to get this in here? So it's different than doing it yourself. Right, absolutely. So even though, Dr. Lena, you are extraordinarily articulate, I think, you know, actually seeing it is really important. So can't parents just take their car seat and their car to their nearest fire station and have them inspect it? I've heard of that. Yeah, that's funny because that's like one of those myths that's out there, right? Every parent thinks that this is true. And while many fire stations do have people that are certified by NHTSA to complete a car seat safety check, not all do. You might pull up and see like an 18-year-old firefighter that's like, what? And, mm-hmm. you know, it's better to to check online to see which places in your community may have these sort of sa- car seat safety officers. A lot of AAA offices have them, hospitals. We can post a link as to where you can check where you find these people in your community. Mm -hmm. Our hospital does that. UC Davis Children's Hospital does the free inspections and make sure that the car seats are installed properly. Totally. Yeah. So I'm almost sorry even to mention this, but accidents happen. So what should parents do after you've been in a car accident? This is a really, really good question. And the current recommendation is to replace your car seat if you were involved in a moderate or severe crash. So how do we know what's a moderate or severe crash? So what they say, a minor crash is. So if you meet all of these criteria, you can consider your your car crash a minor crash. So your car had to be driven away from the crash. So it's still in driving condition. Exactly. Mm -hmm. The vehicle door closest to the car seat was not damaged. Mm -hmm. 
No one in the vehicle was injured, mm-hmm. and it doesn't really outline what the injury was, but I'm if you saw, had to seek medical attention. Right. The airbags did not go off, mm-hmm. and you don't see any visible damage to the car seat. Because you don't want to have any sort of compromised safety. Exactly. So if you did not meet all of those criteria, unfortunately, for your wallet, you'll have to replace the car seat. Okay, so it's good to know when the car seat needs to be replaced after an accident. Another tip for parents is to make sure they are keeping up with car seat safety um, once they buy their car seat, because they could register it, because we know that there's recalls that occur. So if it's registered, then they will be contacted if there ever is a recall. Right, just like your car. Right, so we'll put the website for where they can register their car seat on our website. Awesome. So today we spent a lot of time talking about car seats, how best to utilize them to keep your kids safe while riding in the car. And let's summarize some of the main points. Kids should ride rear-facing for as long as possible until they hit the height and weight limit on their specific car seat because it reduces the risk of injury in a crash. They can then transition to forward-facing and ultimately booster and then regular seat belt. But it's important to remember that the longer they can be in a car seat, the safer they'll be. Car seats should be installed based on both the manufacturer manual as well as your car's manual, utilizing the latch or seatbelt system, whichever is easier for you, and tethers with forward-facing car seats. Once secured, there should be no more than one inch of wiggle room in the car seat. Harnesses should be secured snugly across the shoulder and hips, and winter coats or blankets should be worn on top of the harness and not underneath. Many local organizations certified by NHTSA, NHTSA, can help you ensure proper installation of your car seat. That wraps up this episode of Kids Considered. Thank you to Dr. Ben Hoffman, a nationally recognized injury prevention specialist and general pediatrician at the Dornbacher Children's Hospital for reviewing this episode. Although Dr. Dean and I take responsibility for any errors or misinformation. Absolutely. And um, that reminds me of a joke. Yeah. Yeah. What do you call a used car salesman? What? A cardiologist. Cardiologist. (laughs) Very medical. I like it. Yeah. So when I was growing up. I was going to ask about this. I knew that was going to come up. You're probably not going to be surprised that we didn't have car seats. Yeah. We didn't have... We There were seatbelts in cars, but they were not required like they are now. It was like an optional thing. And we were just like crawling all around the car when it was moving. Yeah. It was like such a different age. And you remember when car seats sort of came into vogue and were mandated and mm-hmm. the laws came out. Right. Um, and it's really improved safety. You know, it's, it is one of those things where older generation, mm-hmm. like, I don't understand all of these laws and we turned out just fine. But the numbers show that really... Accidents and injury to kids as a result has been dramatically improved with. Right, right. I'm thankful that we turned out <laughs> just okay. fine, but it didn't It didn't have to be that way. And we really like dodged a bunch of things. It's a better world because um, not only do we have car seats and booster seats, but we've got all sorts of other safety features in cars that help us avoid accidents or and if an accident occurs to kind of mitigate the effects of that and, and minimize injuries. Right. So and new technology happening all the time. And, you know, some of these newer cars, no offense to the 95 Toyota Camry, <laughs> uh-huh. but are just made safe safer and safer. Um, And so I'm sure as we go on with some of this newer technology, some of these recommendations will Will be modified. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, what we're talking about is so important because 
parents want to protect their children, and so that's why this is so important, because the children are so precious. We don't want them to get injured. Definitely. That wraps up this episode of Kids Considered. You can find more information on our website, kidsconsidered.ucdavis.edu. Follow us on Twitter at Kids Considered. And Instagram at Kids Considered. If you have feedback on this show or topics you would like us to discuss in the future, we would love to hear from you. Please call us. Our number is 916-915-3388. Or email us at kidsconsidered at gmail.com. Please rate us on iTunes or wherever you subscribe to your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we hope you will join us for our next podcast. Kids Considered is sponsored by UC Davis Children's Hospital. 